Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan with Escape to the Magic podcast. Welcome back. On this week's episode, we are going to be sharing an interview that we did with a good friend of ours who came on our most recent guys trip to Disney World. If you've been listening to the podcast for a couple of months, you've heard us talk about it. We've been hyping it up. This annual trip that we do to Disney World or to Disneyland, usually it's just myself, Dak, and Randy. However, this year we had 10 guys come with us and we had an amazing time. It was an amazing trip. And one of those guys, Adam, we wanted to bring on so that he could share some of his experiences and share some stories. Now, before we play the interview, just a quick note. We did record the interview out of studio, so we were using our mobile microphones. So the audio quality obviously is not studio quality, but it's a great interview. So bear with the audio. It's a little scratchy at first, but it gets better, and it's a great interview with Adam. So with that said, I present our interview with our friend Adam here on Escape to the Magic podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Escape to the Magic Podcast. This is Ryan. And I am Dak. And we are Randyless. Yeah. This week. Unfortunately, home dude is out sick and not feeling too hot tonight. So he is at home resting and hopefully recovering from uh, from the sinus infection that he apparently picked up on our recent trip to Disney. Yeah. Feel bad for him. He was kind of radio silent there for a while and so we reached out to him today to see if we were still going to record, and he gave us the bad news. So we're in a different location with different mics and different sound quality, so hopefully all this sounds <laughs> all right. But uh, hopefully this is going to come out okay. Um, you know, because on this week, on this week's episode, we wanted to talk about our recent trip to to Disney World and this guy's trip that we have been talking about for seems like months now, and just got back a few days ago, and you know. I don't know about you, Dak, but I mean, on a scale of one to 10, maybe a nine, 9.5. Yeah, this was a great trip. So just for those who are picking us up for maybe the first time or the first couple of times, you know, usually when we go on these guys trips, it's Randy, Ryan and I, maybe another guy here or there. And we just started putting out the invites and people started joining up. And before we knew it, we had 10 guys. They wanted to come. I think we ended up with three new guys and then a, a few that hadn't been in several years. So basically newbies as well, right? The parks have changed so much. Yeah, because last... if you haven't been in the past five to six years, you, yeah. you don't know what, I mean, there's a ton that, that they have added in, they have constructed, they have built, and they have changed. I mean, Disney changes almost on a yearly basis now, it seems yeah, like. For sure. And I think... um you know, every Disney trip is different, and this was no exception. You know, you go in with a certain expectation of, okay, this is how it's going to go, and this is how it's going to flow, and how we're going to, you know, maneuver as a group. And, and man, once you get above, I think, four or five people in a group, it, it starts to uh, be a little bit more complex and a little bit more involved in how you have to plan and just even getting to the parks I was noticing was, you know, you have to strategize on, okay, we're all waking up at this time. We're all getting out the door at this time. And, you know, it's totally different. Even with a group of all adults, it's different, let alone when you mix in, 
you know, little kiddos when you're when you're taking them to the parks. So well, and I think we and we talk about this all the time on, on this podcast is we talk about managing expectations. When you go to the parks, you need to set your expectations to the point where, yeah, things can go great, things can go bad, but if you're planning for that, for those things to happen, then it's going to limit your disappointment a little bit. And like you said, Doc, I think we have this expectation that, yeah, we're going to go there with 10 guys, and we think we know it, how it's going to go, and then within the first couple hours, you're like, nope, this is not going to go the way we thought it was. We're going to have to pivot and adjust and kind of move things around a little bit so that everybody can kind of do what they want to do. And yeah, but overall, just an amazing, amazing trip. Yeah, yeah. Just one more thing I would add to what you were just saying is like, I don't know about you, but I there was a little bit of pressure. Like, you know, people when they see middle-aged dudes <laughs> who love Disney and they're like, what is wrong with you, right? And, Absolutely and like, nothing's especially, wrong with us. Yeah, nothing's wrong with us. What's wrong with you? That's what I want to say to these. No, that's going to be my next t-shirt. Yeah. So anyways, there was, but there was this pressure to like, you know, when you really love something and you're as passionate about it as, as we are, you want other people to see what you see. And so there is this pressure to like, okay, we want to get in, you know, as much exciting stuff and all the fun things and all the good food and everything that we love about the parks, we wanted them to experience so that there was a little bit of maybe justification right of like okay see i'm not crazy i'm not you know a weirdo this is actually fun and enjoyable and and we can have a great time so i that's how i felt um that was my preconceived expectation of of going into the park with some of these guys but well so real fast and we we actually have a little surprise for uh, our listeners today we actually have a guest with us who our first guest, actually, as a matter of fact, yeah. for, for our podcast, we've never had a guest on before, and uh, we'll get to him in just a second. He's sitting here with us in, in absolute silence, <laughs> trying not to giggle too loud, but just real fast, Dak, um, I guess not real fast, but let's talk a little bit about some of the pros and some of the, uh, maybe the positives and maybe a few negatives that we experienced on this trip. And I'll just, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, you know, I think one thing that was uber positive for me personally was being able to experience Tron for the first time, Cosmic Rewind for the first time. Yeah, Remy's was good. I, I enjoyed Remy's, but I'm not going to put it on the same plane as as Tron and as Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, who honestly, I, I was completely blown away by both of those attractions. Tron we did first during the daytime. That was our very first time doing Tron, and it was great. The, sh the shot out of... You know, when you first start and, you, and it shoots you out, yeah. was it zero to 57, 58 in about two seconds? I can't remember the exact numbers there, but, and you're sitting down on this light cycle and you're, it's like, like you're on a bike and you're just, it's awesome. And you're getting shot up and not a full loop, but you know, maybe like a semi loop. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was hooked, just totally hooked from that on that on that attraction what about you yeah i mean so for me again kind of going back to watching others experience it for the first time i i think i actually enjoy that more than me experiencing it for the first time as crazy as that is i think because for me i am a little motion sensitive and motion aware of what what's going on and so uh 
when I'm first riding a ride for the first time, there's a little bit of apprehension, like, oh, am I going to get sick? Am I going to enjoy this? Once you've rode it and you're like, dude, this is awesome. And then now you get to sit back and watch other people experience that ride or that attraction for the first time. Man, it's awesome. It's it's so fun getting like that first 15 seconds getting off the ride and just hearing like people freaking out because they loved it so much and it was so enjoyable. So that was that was really fun and exciting for me to see you and some of these other guys experience Tron and, and Guardians. I didn't go on Guardians because I know how it makes me feel. <laughs> <laughs> but but hearing you guys and how much you enjoyed it, that makes me happy. Again, it goes back to that I want you to love Disney as much as I love Disney. And so I felt like that box got checked. For yeah, me. absolutely. And let's bring in Adam. So Adam here is here with us, uh, like we said. This was a he's been a good friend of ours for a very very long time. Um, was one of those guys that were like we gotta we gotta get him on one on on our Disney trip. He's just he's gonna love it. He is a huge Star Wars guy. And real fast, what was your first impression of Tron? I love Tron. It's my number one ride, favorite ride of all. Um, and I've been looking forward to that. And I was like, because I've I love Tron as well. So I've wanted to ride a light cycle for forever. And that was probably my number three ride that I wanted to make sure that I did at Disney. But then once we did it, that was, it moved up to my, my favorite ride for sure. And Cosmic Rewind was the other attraction that I hadn't done before. And Dak, you, you didn't do it this time. And I was a little nervous because of, you hear the stories. Yeah. Of people coming off and just losing their lunch, just dizzy, just an absolute wreck and you've experienced that before in the past correct yeah so i was i probably played it a little bit too safe i was very nervous about that ruining the rest of my day we had set up the virtual queues and it was early on in the day and so i just thought man i i just don't want this to ruin my trip i knew we were there we were only there for three days and so i didn't want um to chance because the first time i I wrote it. I was the rest of the day. I was just in a funk and I wanted this trip to be as close to perfect as possible. So kind of wussed out. Yeah. I'll say the first I'll time I call myself we, out. Yeah. We did that right. Do we do it twice? We did it twice, right? Yeah. The first time I, uh, I kind of had a headache and I will say that going on that ride with the headache, no es bueno. Um, <laughs> cause I came off with a little, little deeper headache yeah. and I wasn't nauseous at all. I didn't feel like I needed to throw up, but the headache did kind of swell up a little bit, but the second time that we rode it felt great. I had taken some migraine medication, uh, you know, that morning and just absolutely was thrilled that, I mean, that attraction just blew my socks off. What about you, Adam? Yeah, it was so much fun when I, I was laughing the entire time. Uh, the song that we had was Disco Inferno, which personally is one of my favorite songs. And so as we were spinning around, and I didn't know what to expect motion-wise, right? With all the lights and sounds and the music, I was just cheering and laughing because of how fun it was. I, w I definitely want to give it another shot. I just, I need to pick the right moment and the right trip to oh, be yeah, able to do that. because you didn't do it at all. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I just, again, with the short window that we were there, I, I didn't want to chance it. But I, yeah. I definitely want to give it another chance because... 
everyone seems to love it. I, I generally don't get motion sick on rides. I get scared. Like on Tower of Terror, I feel like I'm going to die. But <laughs> but I typically don't get motion sick. And so when it did get me the first time I rode on it, I was, I was a little gun shy after that. So those are two of the positive things on this trip. Let's talk about something that, again, going back to managing expectations, this I think was probably a little bit of a negative were the crowds. Yeah. I mean, I, we were looking prior to the trip and the crowd calendars were all saying what about a four to five up to a six, maybe. Yeah. I, I would say we were in the fours and fives um, per the crowd calendars. There was even one where it had magic kingdom at like a two, which to me, a two is like a ghost town, but it was anything but I, that there was one moment when we were at Epcot, for example, where I turned and looked at you and said, I don't think I've ever been at a busier time than it is right now. I would agree. I don't think I've ever been at Epcot when it's been that busy. It, it was insanely busy. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder thick with people all around. Like there was no, sometimes it'll, you'll have pinch points and in, in areas in the parks where people kind of gather and you just know, okay, I got to get through this section and then it'll open up and things will be more, you know, manageable. But wow, it was just shoulder to shoulder everywhere. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's important to note that right now the festival of the arts is going on at Epcot. It's a big kind of their winter spring festival where they have a bunch of vendors that come in and, you know, it's just, it's all Disney art and a lot of it's really pretty. And this festival seems to be getting bigger and bigger every year because a lot of a lot of food stands pop up, a lot of drink stands pop up, and uh, you know obviously a lot of the art stands are there. And um, you know if you're looking to buy some Disney art, it's a great time to go. But it was absolutely packed when we were there. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Kind of a downside. Second downside, I would say of this trip. I mean, we're just going to go there. Yeah, let's the do snacks. It. Yeah, you know, well, not the snacks because the- I, I will say this: when we all went to La Halle there in the French Pavilion in Epcot, I think that was as close to heaven as I've been in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, man, it was so good. It's been several months uh, since I've I've been to Disney World, which sounds. I hate to even say that because there's some people that it's like, hey, it's been several years. Yeah. But just being back in the halls and that French pavilion and getting just everything that that dining location has to offer was just so good. No, but, the halls was a bright spot for sure. Yeah. But I think where you're going is the cost of some of these snacks and just how much it seems to have gone up even in the last six months to 18 months. It just seems like things were very expensive. And there was, there was one point where I, not one point, I think I complained about it the rest of the day where I was like, man, I am feeling some spending fatigue. Yeah. And I think the pinnacle for me was we were heading over to Hollywood studios. I was hangry. And the whole group knew I was hangry. And if you've never like, seen Dak with a hangry face. Like I'm I'm not a small guy. And so I was like ready to eat 
little children, right? I was just like this angry grizzly bear. Little children bear. were moving yeah. out of the way. Yeah. As Dad was <laughs> I was like, walking I was like Shrek the, the ogre coming through. <laughs> so anyway, so I get to Hollywood Studios and I beeline it to one of those food market stands and got a pretzel with cheese, a churro, and a bottle of water. And those three, four items cost me right at $21. That's insane. And I was just, that made me even more angry. My, and it didn't even satisfy me. I was still hungry after that because none of those foods have any sort of <laughs> nutritional value whatsoever. But to spend that kind of money and then still be hungry afterwards, I was like, man, this, this is like a gut punch. Yeah, I think, I think that for me is the point is that I feel almost like this past trip, I feel that Disney may be pricing me out from the snacks. Because uh, I got the pretzel with cheese, and that was almost $10. The blue milk at Galaxy's Edge was $8.99. Wow. It was, I mean, I, I remember paying, I think, six fifty for that when it first came out. Yeah. So the pricing for these snacks, and then when you start comparing those to some of the like the, the, the quick service restaurants that, that we had there, I'm like, well, for an extra four or five bucks, I can, you know, for example, at ABC Commissary at Hollywood Studios, I thought there were shrimp tacos with black beans and rice and a, and a all you can drink uh, Sprite. It was like fifteen dollars. So right, right. To me, that was a much better value than a pretzel with cheese dip for ten, which it wasn't even. I mean, it, it like you like you said, it did not even fill me up. Yeah. So yeah. Again, a little a little frustrating with with the you know with the snack, um, but it could just be you know there, maybe Disney's trying to fill out kind of kind of pinpoint that. You know, where's that fine line for the consumer? Where, where, when are they going to stop spending on these snacks? So we'll see. Yeah. Well, they, they got me right at the line. I, I yeah. think, um, I mean, once you start spending $10, $12 on a pretzel, that's where you... Uh, and, you know, what's interesting is I guess it's all perspective because I was kind of complaining about this, like I mentioned earlier, to some of the guys in our group. And... They made the point of like, oh, well, I just, I just expect it. I expect the food to cost this much. If I was at an airport, it'd cost this much. And so again, it's, it's about our phrase that we use over and over again, managing expectations, right? Like if you go in, you better go in understanding that you're going to drop some money on, on snacks and food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, what else was, what else was great about this trip? So I think for me, the other great. Sorry about that. That was my dog. <laughs> so I, I think for me, the other great thing was just um, kind of the camaraderie and hanging out with the guys. Uh, I know that's hard to duplicate on other types of Disney trips, but for me, it was just great. Like you, you're able, I mean, obviously you're standing in lines. No one wants to stand in lines, but a byproduct of that, a positive byproduct of that is you know, we all kind of like migrated back and forth to different people as you're standing in line, even in the same line, you're, you're just moving. And as the line moves, you move with it. And anyways, there was little pockets of conversations that all of us were able to have that were just, it was awesome, right? Because, you know, as dads, as, you know, working husbands, you know, different responsibilities you never if at least for me i never feel like i get the time to just have one-on-one -on -one conversations and it almost forces 
again, in a positive way, it forces you to have those conversations with guys and get to hang out with them and talk with them and learn more about them where you otherwise normally wouldn't, right? You wouldn't just take the time to like, hey, I'm just going to go hang out with so-and-so for a couple of hours. And this created that opportunity. So I just, I really loved being able to get to know some of the guys on our trip even better, even though I knew them, but just know them better. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And Adam, I wanted to ask you, because you brought your son with you, and he was, what, 23, 24? And this was his first time... No, he's, um, he's 23. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was his first, yeah, it was his first time. And that was something that we talked about, uh, for many, many years is us going to galaxy's edge. And that's what I was most looking forward to spending that time with him and experiencing all that. And one, one time when we were taking the boat from Epcot to Hollywood, um, we were just sitting there on the bench together and I was like, you know, I'm really glad we got to do this, you know, together. Um, and so I had, a, you know, several really special moments where it was just the two of us and, and we were sure to ride Tron together right next to each other and at the front row of the bike as well. Cause we wanted, cause it was awesome for both of us. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was just going to say, so yeah, you know, I've been inviting, Adam and Michael, not that they haven't wanted to come, but, you know, we were kind of talking about this in our pre-show, you know, meeting back several years ago. I was like, man, as soon as Galaxy Edge opens up, you got to be there. You and Michael, I knew you guys were big Star Wars fans. And so just to be able to see you, that was, again, that was another one of those like, man, I want to be there when they get to experience Galaxy's Edge and, um, and see you talk about it and how much you enjoyed it. So maybe that's a good lead in to the next part of our show here is just talk to us about, you know, paint the picture of walking into Galaxy's Edge the first time. Because I I believe you told us you kind of stayed, I mean, you, you've seen enough, obviously. It's hard not to, but just you kind of stayed, kept your distance from getting a lot of the details so that you could fully enjoy uh, Galaxy's Edge. For well, the first I think time. we need to. I think we need to preface this first. Is that we, we go way back, and I remember going to his house as a kid and seeing in his bedroom all of the Star Wars action figures still in the original boxes up on his wall. This guy has been probably the biggest Star Wars fan that I have known. So, and you are a member of the Five Hundred First. That's right, Five Hundred First Legion. Um called Vader's Fist, where we dress up in, um, you know, the the bad guy side of things, uh, the Imperial or the Sith side. Um, but the phrase is bad guys doing good, right? So even though we dress up as stormtroopers or bad guys, we do charitable events. Oh, nice. We go to hospitals. Um, we go to children's museums, um, fundraising, Toys for Tots, Down Syndrome walks. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons why I joined that organization as well is for the charity and for the fundraising. And I get to express my geek to them, <laughs> you know, by dressing up as a giant plastic spaceman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me, let me ask you this. So what was it like when you first walked in to galaxy's edge? So it was raining when we first went in and I wanted to kind of capture the moment 
um, and have my phone out. But it, for that particular five minutes while we were walking there, it was sprinkling. And I was like, man, it's going to be raining when we first. But then it stopped raining right as we came around the corner. And um, I knew from like the light posts and the other hardware when you start transitioning into it, I was like, okay, here it is. And so we came in and um, probably the biggest, the biggest eye opening and wow moment was seeing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Right. So seeing the shops and the, and the market and things like that is pretty cool. Seeing stormtroopers walk around is actually an everyday fair for me. So that's not a big deal. <laughs> Um, who else can but, say that? Right, yeah. It's just another story. I mean, I've got the same costume at home. So, yeah. um, but seeing the Falcon, I really felt like old man Han Solo where he's like, Chewie, we're home. You know, it felt like this, I don't know, this like internal joy, this kind of just weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, ah, oh, I just want to stay right here. And I know Dak and Ryan and the other guys are probably riding some other awesome ride, but I just want to stay right here in Galaxy's Edge for the rest of the day. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So <clears throat> I have a, another question for you, a little follow-up question. So, you know, when we, we're, we're the type that when we see the castle or when we're, like we talked about the fireworks show, we love Happily Ever After. It's very uh, emotional for us. So was there an emotional aspect for you walking in to galaxy's edge or maybe not the moment that you walked in, but at some point were you like, you know, so it emotionally, uh, what really got me was the lightsaber build. Okay. I was able to build lightsaber there, um, at savvy's workshop and seeing the Falcon and even going aboard the ship was, was fun and cool. And it's like, finally I get to do it. But when I was building the lightsaber and they started playing Yoda's theme, mm -hmm. um, which is one of my favorite pieces, that and, and the force theme, you know, with, with Luke looking at the binary sunset. So music hits me emotionally. And when I'm building my lightsaber and they're talking about, you know, the force and, and letting it guide you and, I, and then the music is swelling, I got choked up. I really did. And I've been looking forward to building my own lightsaber there for years and years. Um, so that, that was probably the biggest emotional response that I had. Uh, the other stuff was like really, really cool. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I love seeing the Falcon. I love seeing the, the giant ad at, um, which fun story about that as well. You know, my family went there when I was a teenager back in the nineties. Okay. When it was Star Tours there, and the only thing that was Star Wars was Star Tours, and so we took a picture in front of the AT in front of the Adat, and then when I went back again by myself in like the mid two thousands, I recreated that picture. But then again, now that I was able to go with my son Michael, the two of us recreated that same pose in front of the Adat. Love it. And so that was another connection point with Michael and an emotional. You know, I'm just so glad we got to do this. Yeah, love it. Love it. So one thing that I love about Galaxy's Edge, and I don't know if you noticed this while you were there, is I think there of anywhere else in the parks, the cast members really get into character and stay in character, right? So like, especially on Rise of the Resistance, you know, the 
all of those guys stay in character. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they did at the lightsaber build as well. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. I just love that because it totally immerses you in the story, right? You keep buying right. in and buying in and buying into the story that they're creating around you. And seeing Ray walk around, we saw yeah. Chewie walking around. Um, Hold up. Let's let's speak to Ray for a second. No, listen, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, I would say the closest resemblance to any yes to any actor I have ever seen in my life was the was the girl playing Ray at Galaxy's Edge. It was almost. I mean, I thought they were, they could have been sisters. Yeah, I agree. She had the accent down, the mannerisms. She was interacting with little kids. Um, there was one time where she was kind of up on this catwalk. And the stormtroopers were walking around interacting with the crowd. And she got the attention of these two little girls, these two sisters. And she's like, hey, use the force. Tell them, you know, in her like Ray accent, you know, use a Jedi mind trick. And she's like, tell them, you know, these are not the people you're looking for and tell them to get out of here. And so the little girls, they tried to do it. They tried to use the force. They tried to use the Jedi mind trick. Eventually, the stormtroopers walked away. And then Ray came down from the catwalk. And was able to interact with the crowd. Nice. But she looked just like Daisy Ridley, um, but younger probably. And her accent and everything, she was really good. It was cool to see her walking around. Yeah. Um, and also there was a lot of fans that had their own lightsabers and were walking around with robes on and stuff at Galaxy's Edge. So not only were the cast members playing the part, but just having a lot of fans. They're like, We're all here to enjoy Star Wars as well. Um, just added to the ambiance. Yeah, I really like how Disney has opened up this whole, you know, they've done it with Marvel, obviously, as well. And, and of course, with Star Wars, just opened up this whole fan base of, you know, Uber fans that are just totally bought into that IP and want to just absorb as much of it as they possibly can. Did you see a lot of people walking around with the Builder Droids? I think I saw a few, um, probably four or five. There was a time where they were racing them or they were all moving around. And so that was probably the biggest group all at once. And it was about four or five people. But a um, little, little pricey for me. Um, so I was glad I did the lightsaber instead of the droids. Is the lightsaber build, is that is that pricier than the droids? I think it's about the same, the droids. Are like three hundred dollars or something. Wow, I did not know. Um, and and the lightsaber, you know, was two sixty. Um, so, but you know, that's about how much a nice lightsaber costs these days, anyway. So that's why I was like, well, it's not too bad, um, because we bought a nice one for our son Isaac. Um, that wasn't you know official Lucasfilm Disney. Uh, but it was also kind of about that much. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the discount. Sorry, I was going to ask. Now Now the questions are flowing, right? So I was going to ask, um, was there any part of either Galaxy's Edge or uh, the trip that you wish, like looking back now, 2020 hindsight, man, I wish I would have done this differently or I wish I wouldn't have done that or I wish I just would have kick these other eight guys off to the curb and, and just spent all of my time at galaxy's <laughs> edge. And, or did you, was it enough? Right. I mean, it's never enough. I right. can answer that question right now. Well, the, I would say the only 
thing that I wished I had done more was to ride Rise of the Resistance again and um, and Smuggler's Run again. Okay. We we got to do those one time and it was it was great. And I I was happy, check, did it, awesome. I would have liked to do it have done it again. That's the only thing. So what do you think of Rise? Because that was your first time doing it, right? Yes. So what do you think? Okay, so I had seen a video of that and I knew what to expect. I think maybe Dak even showed me pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um so that wasn't any big surprises, but I was still impressed with the level of detail and the quality and uh, just how fun it felt. Even if I knew, you know, like there's going to be a whole bunch of stormtroopers when you go through these doors or they're going to shoot, you know, and Kylo Ren is going to do a lightsaber through the ceiling. Like I knew that that was going to happen. Um, but I'm kind of a original trilogy guy over sequel trilogy anyway. So it was awesome to see that. Um, but seeing the Falcon hit me a lot more personally. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a lot of fun. I would have wanted to do it again. Yeah. But it was, it was really cool to see the quality and you can definitely see that in rise. You can see the quality of the whole presentation, how it's all put together. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So what, Oh, just give us kind of an overall impression of the guy's trip as a whole, just from galaxy's edge to, hanging out with everybody to, you know, we did eat at Vianopoli one day, all of us got, you know, split some pizza, um, which was, that might be on the disappointing, not oh totally disappointing. Boy. We've talked about Vianopoli, you know, Randy's go-to is the Quattro Formaggio, which was amazing. And we tried the, the, the meter long uh, Italian sausage and pepperoni and it was okay. It was okay. Um, so just kind of speak to to that, like just an overall, you know, hanging out with, with you know, 10 guys, first trip to Disney in over a decade, kind of what was, what was, what was your, what's your impression of that? Well, I would say what really made it um, enjoyable is the fact that Randy and you guys put so much effort into getting uh, lightning passes for us and Genie, right, Genie Plus, Lightning Lane. So we saved so much time not having to wait in line and that made the whole thing more enjoyable. And I was very grateful for that as well. Um, And just to spend time with you guys um, and to see, well, it also, you know, as a fan to see y'all's love of Disney and y'all's excitement that all it's contagious. Right. So you guys wanted to see, my reaction or our reaction to galaxy's edge but i also wanted to if you're going to go with somebody then go with somebody who loves being there yeah so um it was just a great experience to spend time and to and to also how efficient you know randy had things going we're going to go to this place we're going to go that place and i'm like sweet yes like we're burning daylight let's walk faster come on guys (laughs) um right so like me and Bryce, we were like at the yeah. front of the pack sometimes. I'm like, we could have sque- squeezed in two more rides at least, maybe three. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but that was, I think that was added a lot to the overall enjoyment of, of how we were able to make use of the time. Well, and to your point, so my brother was, he came on the trip with us as well. And he flew in from, from the Phoenix area and his flight going home that Sunday morning got delayed big time. It was supposed to leave like at 11. 
did not end up leaving until the following morning. But he ended up getting a hotel at Disney Springs. And he's texting me that night. And he's like, yeah, I got a view of Epcot and the fireworks. <laughs> and he was just like, I mean, he was completely bought in to kind of what you were saying about what we have been talking about for all, you know, all these many years and why we're doing this podcast is because, you know, there is this happiness and there is this joy that's really, really hard to replicate outside of Disney, not taking away anything else where happiness can be found in this world, because there are a ton of places where you can find joy and peace and happiness. But there was something about being at Disney, kind of removing the stresses of life, removing work stresses, life stresses, and just being kind of, you know, enthralled in that, in that, in that magic that exists there at, at Disney world. So, um, man, glad that you and your, and your boy got to experience that with us. Yeah. And you know, a lot of families have that nostalgia where their parents brought them when they were kids. And so when they're adults, they want to bring their kids and they want to pass on that love and pass on and relive that nostalgia and the good times, the better times of more innocent times when they were younger. Uh, growing up, you know, I never went to Disney except for when I was a teenager. And by then I was kind of, you know, already cooler than all that stuff. Right. And I wanted to like ride roller coasters. And, and so Disney was like, well, this is fun and this is kind of cool, but you know, so I didn't have uh, that nostalgia. Um, but I certainly can see how kids that went and then they bring their own kids and, you know, my grandparents took me and I'm going to take my grandkids. And for decades, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to experience that as well. So was there uh, maybe just a couple more questions and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Was there outside of galaxy's edge and star Wars and, and hitting that, you know, uh, bucket list item for you, was there ever a moment while you were there at the parks where your mind was just totally blown and you thought, wait a minute, how, how did they do that? How did Disney, you're a very technical guy. So I wonder if there wasn't that moment for you, but I know for me, there's always a couple of times at Disney where I'm like, wait, how did they do that? Like, how did they create that? Whatever, right. That experience, whatever it was. Right. And it just, you're just like, like for me, one of the first times was we, I don't know that we did it on this, but there's a, there's a, attraction there called turtle talk with crush and it has oh, crush right. the turtle yep. he comes out and he talks yeah. to kids and he's literally right. interacting with the kids and i remember watching that for the first time and i was like wait he's really talking to these kids right now and it just it absolutely blew my mind so i'm just curious if yeah. that if there was an experience like that for you or just a wow moment where you're like this is phenomenal well okay so to answer your question i don't think there was anything that I was like, how did they do that? I have no idea. Because again, just being familiar with some of the technology stuff, whether it's animatronic or um, projection mapping on the castle, even though I knew, you know, the trick behind the magic trick, sort of, uh, so to speak, it was still enjoyable to watch, yeah. of course, right? And so you enjoy the beauty of it and the presentation of it, even if for me it wasn't mind blowing. How did they do that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the animatronics that they have, especially on like Smuggler's Run with Hondo, is probably the best animatronic there is. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's cool just to watch it in action, even if I know that, you know, it's not a real person. But, <laughs> um, and then, you know, when you mentioned the Crush ride, um, Monsters, Inc. has this, you know, the Laugh Factory. Yeah. And it's the same technology where they have live interactive facial animation that's mapped to a presenter and it captures their eye movement and their mouth movement and everything. And so they can interact with the crowd and, yeah. and, and, and that just adds to the fun. Cause you're like, this is real time. I can make jokes. I can laugh or somebody wearing something silly. They'll talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It, it was really neat. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, again, there's, there's a self-conscious side of me, I think that, you know, worries that people think I'm a weirdo because we love Disney the way that we do. And so it's good. It felt good to have, like I say, a group of guys that all seem to have a really good time and, you know, text us even afterwards. We had this big text group going between the 10 of us and just seeing people chime back in about what a great time they had. And it just kind of like, like I say, kind of justifies my feelings and emotions on it. Well, we definitely have some converts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trip. Yeah. And I, I don't they know. They have seen the light. They have. And I don't know if we can, because, like, you know, we've talked about this. We we try to do this trip at least, you know, once a year, maybe once every 12 to 18 months. And I don't know that we can do it again without sending out a mass text. Hey, we are going to back to Disney. Who's in? Yeah. I and, think they might be mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to offend some people if we do it without them. Uh -huh. So this might just be an annual thing now with just minimum 10 guys right because we did have some guys that were invited that could not come yeah so yeah. it may be more in the future so absolutely have to find a, a larger airbnb yeah that's track. right or two <laughs> uh okay so great show so far we always end i was telling uh, adam earlier in our pre-show we always end each show with a magical scenario so to bring adam up to speed and some of you listeners we're going to get adam to invite all of his friends and followers and everybody to, to listen into this show so that we can grow even more. But to give you an idea, magical scenario, again, just a quick short synopsis, Ryan and I's daughters are good friends. And as we would take them home each night, we'd dream up different scenarios of you in the parks. For example, it's your last ride of the night and your last snack of the night. What are you choosing? What ride are you going on? What snack are you choosing? And so we wanted to create a magical scenario for you specific to your experience. So the magical scenario is this, and we'll all go around and take a, take a turn. If there is anything more or a different experience that you could add to Galaxy's Edge, how would you change it? What would you add to it? How would, like if, if we gave you all the Imagineering, Imagineer rights, to come in and revamp Galaxy's Edge and add whatever you wanted to it, what would you do? So I really enjoyed Galaxy's Edge of it being its own unique location, its own locale in the Star Wars universe. And if I were to do anything to it, I would just add to it, add more locations. I would, you know, quadruple, quintuple the size <laughs> of Galaxy's Edge and have... Its own park. Right. Because when you're over at, at Star Tours, you have kind of a little corner of indoor, mm -hmm. right? you got these giant redwood trees. And that would be awesome if there were several, you know, you go to Tatooine and you see a Sarlacc. Or you go over to Hoth and there's it's all icy. Or you go to Naboo and it's waterfalls and it's beautiful. Yeah. So 
to have a, a whole Star Wars kingdom, okay. right, would probably be my my pipe dream. And and then you could go to like each different Star Wars planet, Star Wars land. I love it. So I'm going to piggyback on that because I'm actually going to steal my wife's feelings on this. Okay. So again, we were in Disneyland the week after Christmas and walking through Galaxy's Edge there. And she's like, this is the same as it is at, at Disney World, right? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're carbon copies of each other. And she was actually pretty disappointed by that. So I think for me, and to your point, Adam, it, I think it'd be cool to have just a new Galaxy's Edge, like a new land, like Hoth or Naboo or something that's different than, you know, have we got two parks? Let's make two different Star Wars lands, per se, so that you can experience them both. And, uh, you know, you know, have to go to Disney World, you have Galaxy, oh, go to Disneyland, they're the same thing. So that was probably just a little on the disappointing side, is to have the exact same. Because Disney's pretty good about when they bring an attraction from another park, they, they do modify it a little bit. You know, Space Mountain, a little different. Yeah. Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean, from park to park, is a little different. Even Big Thunder Mountain Railroad yep. is a little different. But Galaxy's Edge is pretty much a carbon copy of each other. So... Yeah, magical scenario. Let's create a new Star Wars land and make it different. Yeah. And so what I would change or what I would add, I guess I should say, is I'm a kid of the 80s and 90s. I grew up going to arcades, and I'm sure you guys remember, you know, in the arcades, there was a Star Wars game, and you got to be, as you progress through the game, you got to be Luke and go on the Death Star. I'm going to miss pronounce what it is or miss say what it is but you would basically fly your x-wing fighter on the death star Are you talking and, about the the vector game where yes you yeah in an x-wing yes and, and you're you flying the trench in, run yes the death star, the yeah. trench run that's the word yeah. i was looking for so i would create a more up-to-date you know kind of like what you get with you know the millennium falcon and smugglers run but an x-wing version yeah. where you personally get to you know, whether it's some type of VR or something like that, where you get to get in and you get to fly an X-Wing and go in the trench run and destroy the Death Star. And that's your goal. I would love that because I love that game. I would pump in quarter after quarter after quarter, you know, into that Star Wars game and just waste all my lawn mowing money on that game because I wanted to blow up the Death Star. And so to have that in Galaxy's Edge and some sort of, you know, Disney magic up, you know, enhanced version of it, man, that'd be awesome. I'd love it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to your point, Tron, right. You feel like you are in that vehicle. Yes. Yeah. So if you are in the cockpit of an X wing and you felt like you were dodging tie fighters and you were, you know, watch out for turrets and on all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, great show. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us. It was great yeah, getting your perspective. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And I wanted to, to, to give Adam a shout out. So check out you know, our, the podcast, Escape to the Magic Podcast, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. And recently we've been posting a lot of pictures from our trip. And we got to give Adam credit because most of those pictures are coming from him. So if you go to our Instagram specifically, look at our recent pictures, you'll see his Instagram handle. He is uh, kind of a semi-professional photographer, so he's got a lot of good pictures on his Instagram uh, profile. So check him out. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Randy. Hopefully he's feeling better. Um, 
And oh, you know what? No, I want to end on a positive note. We didn't talk about how bad Animal Kingdom was. Oh man, <laughs> we didn't. But you're right. We yeah, want to end like, on a positive note. Yeah. So we will not. We will not share that those stories uh, on this episode. But again, thanks a bunch, guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.